Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Shipe Sports Tarts Show. It is I, the host, Matthew Shipe, joined in studio always by my co-host and producer, Paul. How's it going? How are you doing, Paul? Joined Viva Skype by always, Mr. Brad Cameron. Hello out there, viewing <laughs> world. Glad to be on the show, Shipe. Thank you once again. You're welcome, even though you're on the show every week, but it's good to have you <laughs> once again. Yeah, no, thank you. Joined in studio again by David, the coach, Sipe. How you doing? Nice. Glad to be here again. So the clip you just heard was Tiger Woods once again back on tour, shanking a shot, and once again calling himself a dumbass like he does every Masters. He's good for one dumbass every Masters. Brad will agree with that. Yeah, he has a couple shots he regrets. Uh, I would say year in, year out, the Masters. But, uh, you know, that's part of competition, I guess. That's right. He has a 40000 to pay for the fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for what? For cursing, you can't curse on national television like that. Oh, ES- so ESPN's PG, buddy. This isn't PG thirteen. Yep. Oh, okay. Oh my god. Now during the British, that. you could probably do it from the hours of four to six, and then after that, you probably can't. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna get into the mass a little bit later, but first, we're gonna get right into it. Um, everyone wants to hear the NCAA title game that happened on Monday night, and congratulations to the Duke Blue Devils for winning. Brad, you got to do it. Come on, they won. Come on. I refuse. <laughs> uh, also, congratulations to Justin F. for winning our bracket challenge. He was going head-to-head with Brad and Guillermo on the final game, and he won because of points. Um, so congratulations to Justin. So let's get right to the title game. Uh, Brad, first your thoughts on Wisconsin versus the Blue Devils. Well, stupendous game. You know, both teams were prepared, playing at a very high level. You know, they've already faced each other once this year where Duke did notch them at home against Wisconsin, but both teams have grown significantly since that matchup. Uh, You know, it was a low-scoring affair, but, you know, in the end, Duke pulled out the W. And, uh, you know, you got to give Coach K credit and some of the young guns who really pulled themselves together in the NCAA tournament to really elevate them and lift them to this NCAA championship. You know, one of the really big guys, I think, for Wisconsin that made a difference was probably Decker because I think, I believe he was injured the first medium round, so they didn't have that option, I believe so. I know he was hurt during the beginning of the year. Was it during the Duke game? Was he not available? Actually, I think Kaminsky was out. During uh, Duke? During the Duke game. Well, we saw that made a huge difference because Okafor had no response to him, it seemed like it. I think yeah, Okafor's draft stock may have actually been hurt by this game, I think. Uh, I, you know, I, I would disagree with you in, in that sense, but I, I do think Wisconsin did a good job with a big size body, you know, big athletic Kaminsky able to kind of uh, you know, nullify the attack that Okafor has. Uh, you know, Okafor got into, into some foul trouble, and I think that did play into Wisconsin's game plan is to try, you know, get him on the bench and get him in foul trouble where he he doesn't play as strong and, and as I guess aggressive as he normally does, which really really helped keep the game close. And you know, Wisconsin had a nine point lead at, at one point and kind of went stale. Uh, that that you know that was really the X factor. But in terms of how they handled Okafor, got him in foul trouble, got him on the bench. Uh, very, very good game plan by Bo Ryan and execution by the players in order to, to nullify that part of Duke's attack. Also, you know, Okafor, he better get his stamina up because he looked very winded every time he came out. I mean, he was chugging on the Gatorade. Most players do, but he looked very, you know, not didn't seem like NBA-ready shape. I mean, he's got the play, but not, I don't think, the conditioning ready for NBA shape. And you know what, someone who I think the star of this game was he, was the player of the year, Kaminsky, and I think his games are going to translate well to the NBA. A lot of these teams, you know, they're, he's really, a lot of the mock drafts have him in the mid-rounds, like the 15, 17, 18 range, and I think that's really, you know, it's good for him because he's going to end up on a good team, but I feel like he's better than that. But uh, let's chip on the title game. Um, Coach, what did you feel about the game? Well, I, I agree with most everybody. It was, it was a great game to watch. Uh, <clears throat> as 
I thought that at, at certain points in time, for more than time, that the best team on the on the uh, court at one time was Wisconsin. Uh, they were doing some things that were that was getting Duke out of their game plan. Uh, uh, Comiskey, I I thought he did a fantastic job against Okafor. I mean, he kind of my thing is he kind of took him to school a few times. You get him out. As as much as Wisconsin did, and he's sitting on the bench, you know. Then you you've accomplished what you, you've set out set out to do at the beginning of the game. The only thing they didn't account for was the two guards for Duke, who I, I think pretty much was Allen and and, and Cook, I believe. Uh, they kind of took that game over, especially in the second half. I mean, you could see where where Allen a few times. I tell you, he was not afraid to take it to the hoop, and he showed you know. Good poise, good ball control. Uh, so uh, I think the, you know, congratulations to Duke, but Wisconsin tried to do what they wanted to do: was get Okafor out of there, get him out of his game, keep him under twenty points. But I don't think they really accounted for Allen and Cook coming up as big as they did. Here's the thing about Allen. Here's a crazy stat for you: during the entire season, he was averaging four point four points per game. That's all he was averaging. He got 16 in the title game with just 21 minutes of playing time. He played half the game. We got 16 points after only averaging four. I mean, that's, and he's a freshman. So, you know, Dukes looks ready for the next season. You know, I mean, all these freshmen were good. You know, they're going to lose Okafor, obviously. But the guards for Duke, I mean, they can just, if they stay, this team is going to be more, it's going to be just as dangerous next year, depending on what recruits are coming. But, you know, Coach K is always good for one good recruit every year. Like an Okafor last year, they hit Parker. So, don't count Duke out just because they lose local four because they're going to get someone else in here. Uh, but it was a great title game. I mean, tied at halftime. I mean, what more could you ask for? And, you know, the call at the end that was questionable, you know, the out-of-bounds call, you know what, you can question that call, but you can also question the foul call during the Wisconsin-Kentucky game. I mean, don't – my theory is the refs may make a bad call, but don't let the refs impact your game, you know. They lost it down the stretch. That one call isn't going to make a nine-point difference. What what did you what was the call? Did they act, did they um, get it wrong or the they got it wrong? Yeah, it went out on the Duke player and they said it was on Wisconsin. So I mean, okay. but you you can't let a call affect you. I mean that call is not going to change the game. I mean it may shift directions one way or another, but you know you can't let that affect you. You can't say it's the ref's fault. Just like in the NFL during the Des Bryant, you know all that stuff. You can't let the call, you know, make the outcome of the game. You take it, go back down. You've been stopping them all game. Just stop them again. But, you know, stuff happens, and Duke came out winner. So congratulations to Duke. And um, uh, Brad, I don't know if you noticed, did you see the top, uh, the early, early top 25 for next year? Did you see where Maryland's at? That I did, my friend, and yes, I did as well. Maryland, five. <laughs> five in the nation. And I can tell you it's all because of Diamond Stone and Mellow Trimble and Layman. Well, layman, but also we have another another shooting guard who's climbing the ranks. Uh, we had a shooting guard that we uh, that that committed to us early, and now he's climbed to fifty third in the nation. So that's two top one hundred players Maryland has coming to the roster. You know, one top ten, obviously in Diamond Stone, exceptional talent, uh, but uh, also a a fifty third ranked player in high school coming to University of Maryland. So next year. Maryland pulling in some some more talent, uh, so it should be really really exciting. You know, Maryland should have some depth uh, coming off the bench, and uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to what they can produce. Are they losing a lot of people? Uh, I think really the big, the only impact player they're losing is um, Des Wells. Is really the true only impact player they're losing. Yeah. So I mean, you get rid of Wells, well, you don't get rid. Of, he graduates, and you almost bring in Diamond Stone. You know, there's almost your replacement. You still have. God, you know, I know the center. He's on the tip of my tongue. And I can't remember his name. Who was the other guy who played center this year, Brad? Uh, well, it's a Demonte Dodd. Is that your Dodd? You still got you're gonna have Dodd and Stone. You're gonna have Layman probably playing. You know, shooting forward. You got Trimble. I mean, they're they're gonna be loaded next year. And funny thing is, they're ranked five in the nation, and they're only they're thirty seventh in recruiting this year. And who do you think is number one in recruiting again? Well, Kentucky. Let's get to Kentucky. Yeah, sure. <laughs> What does that mean? What do you mean by that? 
what? Number one in recruiting. It means they recruited the top players in the nation. They got uh, like the most one hundreds or some, you know stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. Like they yeah. they they only have three they only have three commitments, but they're all top one hundred players. Like Washington and Oregon State all have sits, but they're probably not top one hundred players. They're probably outside of that. Right on. Okay. But uh, hopefully, you know, next year, I mean, they got Virginia ranked one with North Carolina also up there. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting next year. I mean, Kentucky's graduating seven players. Not graduating. They're going to the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for them to set a record for the draft because the most pits by one school is sits, and they have seven going, and all seven could very well be drafted. So, look for that record to be broken in the draft. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, very likely. Um. So, um... I mean, that's pretty much all the talk that we had for the title game. I mean, congratulations, Duke. Congratulations to Justin for winning. And next year, look forward to another tournament. I'll look forward to my bracket. Hopefully, I won't be done by the second round. <laughs> I'd like to make it to the final day like my two co-hosts. <laughs> I look like the worst. I'm the worst co-host at the NCAA tournament. I'm the only one who didn't have a chance to win. <laughs> God, that's awful. Did you hear about that 16-year-old kid who won the... Uh, Six, you mean 12? ESPN. Was it 12? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. This 12-year-old kid won the bracket challenge on ESPN. And they won't pay him the twenty thousand or the trip to Maui because he's not eighteen. Yeah. Which okay, rules are rules, but give the kid something. Yeah. I mean, he won. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't give him the twenty grand straight up, put it like in a trust fund, a scholarship, or I think that kid deserves something. I'm something. pissed he kicked my ass. <laughs> That's great. And you know the funny thing? I think all the people that are complaining about him getting it are probably the people who were also in the top one percent because it's not he didn't have the perfect bracket, but he was in the top one percent. And they draw you randomly from the top 1%, and he happened to be the one drawn. Right. So, I mean, I can see it from the people also in the 1%, like, well, crap, this kid cheated. Now we're out of a chance to go to Maui. But, hey, give the kid props. He's 12, 13 years old, and he picked the right thing. So kudos to him. So so nobody ended up winning it then? Nope. ESPN got to keep their 20000 like they need it. Uh. Give the kid a trust fund. Give him something to put in his bank account or something. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know what, Guillermo? Yes, I do suck at picking brackets okay for all let me put this out real quick Guillermo has not been taken off the show I did not fire him <laughs> he recently got a promotion for his job which requires him to stay longer on Thursday so yes he's still part of the show he's in the chat rooms he still makes Facebook posts he just can't join us in studio anymore because of work so no he was not fired anyone who thought that he's still unemployed he's un- still employed by Shipe Sports Talk <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry any Guillermo fans out there he will be back Sooner, later, I whatever. I didn't sign any paperwork, Shipe. What, what kind of employment are you You signed it the day you got on <laughs> Skype. It's in the fine print. It's in the terms and conditions. <laughs> All right. We're going to where the real reason we're here today, and I'm probably I'm pretty sure like half the viewers are ready to go zip down because a lot of them don't like golf, but the Masters. Yep, Brad's holding up the logo right now. I got my golf shirt on. The coach got his golf shirt on. Oh, oh hey, oh, there we go. Yeah, nice. Quiet, please. That. Quiet on the T-Bots. <laughs> oh, go to Brad. Brad has his little oh, pin. Oh, sorry. Here comes Brad. And there's Brad his little master's pin. Nice. Augusta, Georgia. So the Good. first round was today. Uh, we'll go over the leaderboard real quick. Uh, we got Jordan Spieth, who's right now in the clubhouse, eight under, in the lead by three. We got Hoffman at five under, Rose, Ells, Jason Day, all five under. A uh, little... Listening to the sports show this morning, the guy, you know, he's tied for third, but Henley was a little sleeper pick by a lot of people. He's four under along with Sergio Haas. And we have a whole bunch of other people under, uh, the man, everyone's probably going to be asking about Tiger Woods is one over. As you heard the clip beforehand, he called himself a dumbass because he's been his putter. Actually, his short game has not been bad today. It's his drives that have sucked. Tiger's short game is actually doing pretty good, but his drives have been kind of looked like what I do sometimes when I play going a little bit left and right. But, uh, Tiger Woods is still, one over, and he's going to have to, you know, shoot probably in the 60s tomorrow to make this cut. If Jordan Spieth keeps this up, the, the cut line may be minus three the way this kid's playing. Uh, for a lot of you don't know, Spieth was probably younger than me. Was, I think he's, what, 21 or 22? 21. 21 years old, and look how he's playing. God, that kid's got all the talent in the world, and um, he's probably someone that's not going to go away. So um, first off right now, we're going to do – we're going to talk about – since I just went over the leaderboard – we're going to talk about who we think will still be there come Sunday and who won't. Um, I'll start off. I think Spieth will be there on Sunday in the final group, final either final group or second to final group. Um, Hoffman, I got, you know, he's playing good lately, but you know, this is the first time he's actually probably competitive at the masters. I think he may fade. I feel Rose will still be there. 
Els, I see fading a little bit. I mean, Els is a great golfer, but when you go up there in age, you know, those four days start taking a toll on your body. We see that a lot with Mickelson now, who is very competitive the first two, three days, but once that fourth day comes around, you know, he has arthritis. He's starting to break down. Uh, I think Garcia will... Garcia will be there around Sunday. Jason Day. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these people, the leaderboard is still going to be there. Patrick Reed, Brad's one of Brad's pits for his little fantasy thing. Hopefully he stays around for Brad's sake. Um, Brad, I'm rooting for you, buddy. I hope he comes in second. I hope Spieth wins and he finishes second for you. Thank you, Shai. <laughs> so that's who I think is going to stay around. Um, so far, the player of the year who's been playing the player, Jimmy Walker, did not have a very good round. Um, Stinson, I don't think he did as good either, so... Brad, let's go with you out of the leaderboard. Who do you think is trying to stay and who's going to go? Wow. Uh, you know, here's one of the key things you got to look at. When you're playing a, a major golf tournament, one of, the, one of the things you want to focus on is not shooting yourself out of the tournament uh, after the first day. And so you look at some of the top talent in the world, and they've done that. You know, you look at players, even as far as Tiger. Even though Tiger shot plus one, you know, he's not out of it. You know, will Jordan again post another number, you know, four or five under? Who knows? That's going to be tough. But, you know, staying kind of in the tournament is what a lot of these top talent has done. Adam Scott, Phil Mickelson, you know, even Rory has stayed right there. You know, so this is still definitely anyone's tournament. But I, I look at players like Phil who have been there before to really to, to really be able to take charge and, and stay playing at a high level versus some of the other guys who maybe haven't been there before, like Russell Henley like Charlie Hoffman, you know, some of these players, you know, not that I don't respect their talent. I mean, they're, they're great golfers, but Augusta is another level of difficulty that I think a lot of these guys aren't ready for, uh, especially for, you know, a four day, uh, event of playing at the highest level. I, I think, I think Phil has an edge over some of those guys, but so does Bubba, you know, a lot of guys who are right there in it. Um, you know, so Jordan obviously come out firing, Good for him. Finished second last year. Uh, you know, top tour talent right now. But there's still a lot of golf we played. Um, you know, so, so look at some of these players to at least hang around. You know, stay there through the cut, and then you know maybe Saturday, really try and make a push. Uh, there, there, there's still a lot of golf we played, and a lot of the top talent in the nation is is hanging around. Even though Jordan posted a great round, they're still in contention just as much as anyone else. Coach, well, uh, first of all, let, let me put a little shout out to the the old guys. Tom Watson, sixty five. You know, first day minus one. Hey, kudos to Tom Watson. Okay, he is. I, I tell you, he's probably one of the greatest. Under you know, with the other gentlemen, Nicholas Palmer, uh, the Black Knight, and you know all the other ones. He's. Uh, Probably, you know, my thing is I just Tom Watson is is a great individual. Uh, I, I had, I guess, a slight chance to meet him when they had a senior tournament over at the old Avenel course about three years back, and and Tom Watson was playing in it. You know, you're just talking, what a gentleman! So I just wanted to throw that out there for Tom Watson. Now, like, what whatever happened today? If you watch the masters over the years, you know, sometimes may not happen tomorrow. Some of these scores that the, these guys are shooting there. Now what they're saying today was a pretty good day for scoring. Uh, a few holes. Uh, there was some windage that was blowing uh, a couple of problems there, but uh, overall today was a good day to score low. If you were going to try to get out and jump on top of the other golfers, uh, you know, in, in, in t on today, uh, I think, you know, Spieth going out shooting minus eight, I, I believe that, you know, he's got confidence. He goes out tomorrow and, you know, he doesn't have to shoot minus eight again. He could probably go half of that or whatever and still get himself a lead because we don't know what the weather's going to be tomorrow. It's supposed to be a little cooler tomorrow. And, uh, you know, that that has a lot to do with the Masters. That's what, like, that's, you know, plays into a lot of how the course is set up down there. Okay, with the conditions and so forth. Uh, but, you know, the other ones, uh, I don't think one you may not have mentioned was Justin Rose. 
Okay, he he's been in this situation before. He hasn't completed it, but he's been, you know, in, in the running a few times for the Masters. So you know, I I like you know giving Justin a chance. Probably see what he does tomorrow. Uh, keep him keep him around for the weekend. Hope he does. But you know, it's it's the usuals. It's Mickelson. You know, you got Bubba now. You go to Adam Scott. I mean, they they played there. They've been here before. You know, and you know, even believe it or not, Tiger has. You know, he's hasn't been as terrible as people thought he would be today. He's, you know, made some shots. But if you look at it, Tiger has not played uh, over the years the front nine as good as he has come on the back in the past. All right, so you look at the holes one, a couple of the other holes uh, seven, eight. He's had problems on them before. All he has to do is just get back into what his, his uh, routine was of warming up. And, you know, he's, what, plus one now? You know, he he could change that tomorrow to, you know, getting a couple under. He could, you know, get on minus two or minus three. But that's, you know, we wait until tomorrow morning tea time, see what happens. So, you know, I the thing is, I like Jordan Spieth to win the whole thing. Uh, I've The last couple of weeks... Uh, Jordan has played well. He, I believe he won the Valero. Uh, he came back in a playoff at the Shell Houston Open. Uh, if not for the, uh, I think, the, the, the bad tee shot on the uh, playoff, first playoff hole, it, it, that might have been a different story down there. And who knows, he might have had two wins coming into the Masters. So, uh, I, I just... Coach. Yeah. Coach, let me ask you this. Spieth had a huge lead going into the final day of that tournament and ended up losing it. Do you think that possibly plays in his mind if he comes out strong like he's doing at Augusta going into the final day? I mean, we've seen charges. We've seen Charles Schwartzel pull off four straight birdies right. to win himself a Masters. You know, Do you think that possibly could have a hangover effect for Jordan Spieth if he's in contention going into the final days? Well, if I go back to last was last year when Bubba and him and Bubba were in, were in the last group, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, going into the back nine, Jordan kind of faltered a little bit. Little bit. Uh, he bogeyed a couple holes in a row, and then those are the two holes that uh, Bubba made birdie and started taking control of the back nine. If if he all you have to do is just remember what did I do last year? What did I do last week? And, and, you know, on the course at Augusta here, well, whatever I thought or whatever, I can't do. I've got to just forget forget what's happened. This is Augusta, okay? Uh, you don't compare Augusta to the other courses, even though he was ahead and, and lost it. If he just plays up to his capability like he has today and a little bit beyond, it's, you know, anything can happen. We have three days left. Coach, I, I hear you completely, but I'm just saying, like, wh- like – do you think there could be some kind of hangover effect? Do you think he is now mentally, you know, uh, in, this will be his first major? You know, do you think with him coming down the stretch, uh-huh. he's mentally tough after letting that the shell Houston slip away from him? You know, do you think he's mentally tough to to gut this thing out? I mean, this is a big deal. It's the Masters, probably one of the biggest majors what? of the year. You know, do you think he can settle down? And I know it's just the first round, and he shot right. great. But do you think there could be a lingering hangover effect? you think he can gut it up and, and come down the stretch and make it happen? Well, can I counteract you real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Last week is mostly, is it him losing it, or is it just J.P. Holmes just playing out of his ass? I, I mean, you're right. I mean, he that's still a big question. Right. The, the final round. You're absolutely right. But but things are going to happen at Augusta where people are going to make charges. And, and right. are you going to say, hey, look. That's nice that you're doing that, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go the extra little bit that I that I need to uh, to to silence you, and I and I hear you, Shipe. That's a great argument because congrats, JB Holmes, man, man, did he fire a great final round? But right. who's to say that any of these other guys aren't gonna come roaring at him just like JB Holmes will? And is he gonna be able to to stomach it and say, hey, look, that's great what you're doing today, but today's my day. You know, I'm a, I'm gonna be the champion today. Do you think? That there is no hangover effect with anyone, you know, making a charge at him, and him, you know, being able to stomach all that and, and all the pressure that goes along with winning at Augusta and your first major. You know, do you think he can handle it all? 
You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and I'll probably go around the corner a little bit. I, I think he can he can handle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it just I don't know. I always look look at the reactions of the players and stuff like I, I do when I was coaching baseball and football. I want to see what they look like. If they have that determination, and you know, I'm I'm go back to last year. He could he have won it last year? Very possible. Very possible he could have if he doesn't falter. So, you know, we, we learn by experiences, good or bad. If he still has a little bit, I think, you know, I think he can win it. But okay. then again, there's three days left. And I think he has the mentality to come to, to win it, even if there's other people breathing down his throat. He uh, was in the last group last year. Okay. And I, I, I think he has, you know, what it could take to pull this off Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Okay. I'm going to have to go yes on that because we saw Rory. We all remember the big collapse he had, and he was, what, 21 at the time, I believe? 20. Yeah, he, was, he was young at the time, and he came back, and he has four majors under his belt, and that all started after that com- collapse. So, Speed, you know, he was in the final group last year. You know, he had a little collapse. So, maybe this is when Speed's like, okay, I know what I did wrong last time. Let me go win it this time. Though, Rory hadn't won the Masters yet, but maybe maybe they could be on the same kind of trend to where one <laughs> does the other. You don't agree with that, Brad, at all? No, or they I, could I, be on the same kind of, you know, almost career path to where, you know, you blew the Masters one year, and then Rory hasn't won it yet, but Rory did win a major, though, so maybe this is speed's time to where, you know, I've already blew it once. I know what I, what I, know what I did wrong. I know what I need to do, and here he goes this year, and he'll win it. Uh, yeah, I agree full with you guys. I, I think Spieth has all the talent in the world to to handle this thing and he's off to the the start that everyone on the field wanted you know the the leader after the first day it's perfect you know it, it, this is set up beautiful for him but there's still a lot of golf to be played you know you, even if this was tiger and, and he had the lead right now i would still just say hey look there's a lot of golf to be played and i know a tiger has has won a lot and he's ran away from the field you know i know that was many years ago but but despite that fact you, know, you still have to wonder, can can they gut this whole thing out the whole time? Because we've seen in PGA tournaments the past several years that like the 54-hole leader in, in just average tournaments, you know, I, I say that with, with, with very, very light feelings. I mean, this is PGA Tour, it's, it's very competitive. But even on a smaller stage, the 54-hole leader a lot of the times doesn't win. And like I said, this is just the first round. And if Spieth goes out and shoots a 75 tomorrow, I, I hope he doesn't. But, you know, that puts him back down the field. And, and chances are someone has the lead over top of him. But you know, we've seen Jim Furyk collapse coming down the stretch when it, when it comes to some majors. It just it hasn't gone in favor of the 54-hole leader a lot on the PGA Tour. And I'm just asking you guys, do you think he can break that trend? Yes. This, Okay. Yes, I think he will. But he's not my pick to win. But if he wins, but I think he can break the trend if he plays how he should play. I actually have a different winner who I think will win. But if Spieth's playing like this through fifty-four holes, I think he won't lose the lead at all. I think he's good enough. I think he's he's got two wins under. Excuse me. He has wins under his belt this year. You know, he lost it last week. I think he's like, you know, look, I know what I did wrong last week. Let me get out the way. The only thing I'm worried about him this week is is that. The shot that he had on 18 last week is carried over a little bit this week so far. He's had a couple little, you know, tee shots have gone right or left. And but if he can get that, if he gets his driver straight now after 54 holes and he's fine, he's hitting them straight. There should be no one that can beat him. But that's it. All it all comes down to him. But I think I think he's the one where if he's leading for 54 holes, he's going to win it. There's no reason he shouldn't. Okay. I mean, I just hear you guys saying if he does this, if he does this. Well, sure, if. I mean, if someone shoots 60s for the rest of the tournament, they're going to win. You know, then yes, your answer is yes. Yes, <laughs> he is going to have the mentality where if he's leaving to 54 holes, he is going to win. That's what I want you to do. Wait, I want you to wait, jump wait, off the wait. fence and say, if yeah, he is the 54 holes, he's going to win. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to win. If he has to leave 54 holes, he's going to win. Is that what you want? That is exactly it, what I want. Thank you. Basically, it gets down to this. If I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to have a good day. So if he stays like he does, he's going to be, I think he's going to be okay. All right? Because look, look at his swing today, and you heard the commentator say, his, 
his swing is is, is flu- he's got a fluid motion on the swing. Didn't see any yips in it, except you get to 16 where he hits his second shot past the green, over the green. I think it was 16. Is it 16 or 15 to par 5? Par 5, 15. He went long, came back. Okay, that's uh, there's his bogey on that round. But he plays it again tomorrow. He, I don't think he'll go over tomorrow. That may be a birdie tomorrow. No, Very I, possibly. I, I agree fully with you. I, I agree. Oh. I I'm just basing this off of what we've seen. The trends on the PGA Tour is that even some of the top talent, you know, you talk about Rory, and I know he was young at Augusta the year he collapsed. uh, But there's been top talent that has given it away going into the fourth round. And, you know, I'm just wondering if you guys, if Spieth has a lead going into the fourth round, does he win? Yes. Maybe. He's still not my pick, though. Uh, <laughs> coach, 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 come on. I want you guys to make, make a judgment call here. Come on. What right, do you so, think, Coach? Wait, sure, wait. If, if he's playing lights out, of course. But, you know, lots of stuff could happen. What do you think, Coach? If he has a 54-hole lead, whether it's one shot, whether it's... What do you think? Okay, that's a great question. What do you think? <laughs> Put all the stuff get, on us. What do you think, Mr. Not I, in the Studio? I, I think I think he gives it up. I'm sorry. As much as I love Jordan Spieth, this is a very, very big stage. And we've seen on the PGA Tour that there's just so much talent. And I think someone comes up. We've seen it many, many years at Augusta, whether it's Angel Cabrera to come in and get into a playoff or Charles Schwartzel to win it straight out. You know, you know, we've seen players rise up on the final day and, and, and scare the leader and them tighten up and completely collapse and play out of the ordinary, even though they've looked so solid. The days before, you know, I honestly, I think, I think Spieth is just too young and I don't think he's ever really had like the lead or the pressure on him going into the last nine holes of a major golf tournament on the biggest stage. I I think he gives it up. I really do. And and I can't tell you who it's going to be, but I think if he has the 54 hole lead as much as I love Jordan and I want him to be successful and I know he's going to have an outstanding career because he's so competitive and such a talent, I th- I think at this moment, I think someone rises up and gets him. Uh, you know, so I think with the fifty-four hole lead, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he gives it up. You know, I, I hate to say that, but I, I, I hope think Patrick they'll, Meet they'll Reed falter. misses the cut. I I have it duly noted. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's everybody has their opinion. <laughs> it's in the no, books. and I, I I mean that my opinion is I I believe Jordan Spieth will, will win the Masters this year. Okay. Now, if yeah. he doesn't have the 54 hole lead, this whole discussion changes completely now. Completely. But you guys are talking about, oh, if he keeps playing like this, I'm like, yeah, if, yeah, if, 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 if. You want to yeah, know well, who my pick is? You really want to know if it's not speed after 54 days? You want to know who it is? Of course it's Garcia. You know how he's I know. You see the chip in he had today? That was so <laughs> nice. I knew it would be Garcia. Of course. I, First all, I don't know why. I like Garcia this year. I feel like this is the year where he's finally going to win a major. He's due. He is the best golfer without a major, in my opinion, right now. There is no doubt about that. Garcia his game tournaments, uh, finishes top in a lot of majors. Uh, no, I, I agree with you, Shipe. I think he gets over the hump this year, and it could be the Masters. I mean, he's four under. Normally, he, he struggles, I think, normally with the Masters, I think, sometimes. He's his putter. His problem used to be his putter, and now he's putting lights out. He's his chipping lights out. He takes nines on some hole, some round in golf tournaments. Stop jinxing like a nine and he ends up losing by three. And it's like, dude, if you could have mustered up a six, or if you could have mustered up a dang five, you'd be winning, winning these majors. But somehow he finds ways to find just one blow up hole. Uh, or he goes in the water or some stupid like that. He'll hit the water like three times. That's a blow up hole. I think it was, I think that's two players, that, that's two players he where he went in twice, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, well, all right. But well, the, you, know, you know, the players is a big tournament. It's, it, you know, it's not a major, and and he's played great down. He's the won the players. He's won. He that's the it's the he fifth major, the as they call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my I mean, I said I mean, I talked to you earlier this year. I thought Rory was going to get the not the complete Grand Slam, but the whole all titles. But that's looking less likely now. You know, he's in he's in fine shape. He cards a five under tomorrow. He'll be sitting at six under for the tournament and. I, I don't. I, he just hasn't transitioned real good since coming back to America yet. I guess he's still trying to get adjusted to everything because it's, it's a completely different game from what he was doing earlier in the year in Europe. 
and in Dubai. I mean, it's you. I mean, everyone's watched and saw that he's he's struggling so early this year, and maybe maybe he'll learn that he shouldn't start playing Dubai. He should come over here earlier than what he did. Uh, maybe you, you know he's. I feel like he hasn't really come out firing last year, and he he won himself a couple of majors. He did. So maybe he saw JJ Watts with his ets. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case may be, uh, you know, I, I still think Rory has a chance. You know, none, none of these guys have shot themselves out of the tournament. You know, we're we're, we're almost giving Spieth the crown, but possibly a little too early. Not that he do, he hasn't earned himself the top spot uh, after the the first eighteen holes. He he absolutely has He's played fantastic. Yeah, we gave but, the Nationals a crown way too early. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, sorry, get off. To, I'm a little bitter after this first week of the season, but go ahead, keep going. But I, I, you know, you look at players like Webb Simpson, who are extremely solid players, who keep the ball in play, who are great putters, uh, and guys like Garcia, who are just a couple shots back, who who know how to handle some of this pressure in terms of giving themselves a chance to win uh, coming down the stretch. And you look at guys like you know Phil, who are sitting at two, who who just need to post a you know maybe a, a solid number to get them in contention. You know, it's only been the first day, and if we were doing a show every single day, we could, you know, we could refresh this and 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 talk about this every day. But I think a lot of guys like Dustin Johnson, who have some length, can take advantage of uh, of this course. Who like to play a draw. You know, this is a right to left course. Uh, course, uh, golfers, um, you know, paradise. Uh, and and Mickelson, who can play a nice soft cut, Bubba, Bubba, who plays a nice soft cut, can really take advantage of this course. Would you yeah. take advantage of this court? Do you play a cut? Uh, I play whatever at any minute, Shipe, and that's probably <laughs> the biggest problem in my golf game. <laughs> uh, but, you know, even guys like Horschel, who are, are very aggressive, who can fire out a lot of birdies at once, you know, are, are, are six shots off the lead. And I know that seems like a lot back, but it's only the first day. And so look for these guys to, you know, they just were trying to position themselves possibly in the first day. Look for them to maybe come out firing tomorrow. Maybe Jordan Spieth went firing today. Maybe tomorrow he's going to tone it back and say, hey, look, I'm just going to try and post one or two under and just be in good shape. Look for the guys tomorrow to be like, hey, look, okay, now I'm going to come out firing. And now it's my turn to you know, to throw it at the stick, see what kind of putts I can get to drop. Uh, this is still anyone's tournament, and there's still a lot of top golf to be played, top competition who are in contention. So, you know, I think there's still a lot of stuff. In my opinion, I think Mickelson is just playing too well, and he knows what to do. He's won this three times. He knows what to do. And if it's him and Spieth in the final group, I, I know we're picking on Jordan a little bit. I know he's young, and and I feel bad for putting so much pressure on him, but I think Phil takes him down. I think nope. Phil has- No, not at all. I don't think so at all. I really don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. I'm putting it in the books. You put it in the books. If Spieth wins and he has a 54-hole lead, I want an apology from you <laughs> next Thursday. If Spieth's leading after 54 holes and he wins, I want a damn apology from you on air next week. Well, I don't You'll think... You'll get it. Well, You'll I, get are, Brad, are you saying that he's not going to win it? Or is it you just say... You're just, it's who's, not, your, who's your pick? It just sounds It just sounds like it's... it's it's Hold on. It's not... You know, he might not win it. Is it what you're saying? Or are you saying he's not going to? I'm not saying he's not going to. I'm saying if he has the 54-hole lead, he won't. That is the the definitive thing I will say. I think with the 54-hole lead, I think that's a curse right now. And I think if he has the 54-hole lead after three days, I think someone steals it from him. You know, and he could be playing extremely solid. And we've seen that on the PGA Tour. You know, we've seen it a million times where guys are playing lights out, and you're like. They're going to close this out. There's no doubt about it. And they, they they just find ways or someone else like J.B. Holmes finds a way to to, to card some uh, miraculous round. It, it just seems to be more detrimental to have the 54-hole lead than to be chasing the guy who does have it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just fear for Jordan, you know, if he has that 54 lead, it, it's going to take some kind of, you know, miraculous round and, and mental toughness to dig it out because we've just seen too many times recently on the PJ tour that, that, that the players with that lead falter. And I think Jordan has the capability to do it, but I just don't, I don't see it happening. 
All right, so get so I'm gonna get to it right now. Who's your pick to win it? Mickelson. You're picking Mickelson. Yep, All I right. think Phil comes out strong tomorrow, <laughs> puts himself in contention. Uh, you know, he'll definitely make the cut, and uh, and then over the weekend, he just finds ways to get up and down. You know, t- get tough up and downs to 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 pull this thing out. You know, I, I think Phil is playing well enough. He knows how to win there. Bones knows exactly what to do. They'll get a feel for the course and they'll give themselves a chance to win this. And I'm taking Phil. Why don't you take him in your fantasy then? Because I just didn't want to. <laughs> Are you saving him? Saving him for another tournament uh, for the British. Are you writing this for the British? Yeah, the British. British Open. He won it. You know that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> whatever, whatever Paul, are you writing all this stuff down about what we're picking? Yeah. I got oh, yeah, Brad down for Phil. Matt, so you Matt both Duff. are taking speed. Well, well, hey, 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 hey. I said speed if he, we were starting after the 54 hole lead. I, I, I hear I, he's backing up a little who's bit. Your, who's your pick? <laughs> I want Garcia to win, but like I said, if speed is winning after 54 hole, he's going to win. So, so, so put it down. Who's winning? So, if, as of right now, who I think is going to win? Yeah. Not, we're, we're excluding that whole 54 hole thing, right? Yes, let's say this is Wednesday. No one has even hit a golf shot yet. I was going to take Garcia then, all the way. Okay. All right, Garcia. Yeah, I, I had Spieth on my list last week. It's not just because of today. I had no, I, I no. had him last week. You said it. You said it last week. But if we put Spieth and Garcia together on Sunday, <laughs> they'll both then falter. <laughs> whoever's in the second to the last group has a hell of a shot. You know what? Whatever. Now, if Spieth's in second place, will he... Have the advantage then? What if Spieth is one stroke down? Will your opinion change? Yes. Um, I think we'll do a complete 180. But here, here's the thing: that's that. This is a this is a little bit unfair. If if one person has a one shot lead, that's not really giving it away. You know no. what we've seen is that the the person with a 54 comfortable lead has given it away. And right now, Jordan Spieth has a comfortable lead. You know, do I think he'll have that lead? Tomorrow, a three-shot lead. I mean, that's just—it's it, tough to pull off at Augusta. You know, it's hard to say exactly what he's going to do tomorrow. You know, I—I I would think that someone is going to tighten him up a little bit. You know, if he has a two-shot lead going into the weekend, that would—that would still be very solid. Uh, you know, but if he has a one-shot lead, that—you know—that just plays more into my card of the fifty-four hole leader isn't going to win this. But what we've seen mainly, you know, what I'm referencing is guys who have, who are running away with it. Guys who have have a massive lead who somehow find ways to shoot like a 73 or 74, you know, even if it's one or two over, someone is making a charge. And, and this is a deep tournament. This is the masters. It's the top talent in the world. You must be crazy. If you think these guys aren't going to come gunning for you on Sunday, if you have that 54 hole lead, they are going to come after you with everything they have. And guys like Mickelson don't have an off switch. They have 100%, 110%, and they go for every single shot that they possibly can. And sometimes it works. Look at Phil, that shot from the trees on 13. Sometimes it works. Right. You know, so so look for these guys to come firing at him. Uh, you know, you want to so know what's going to piss me off about tomorrow about Jordan Spieth? I'm not going to be able to watch him because we're here. I can yell because a fucking ESPN in their goddamn broadcast. He goes off early in the morning. Am I get to watch him? No, because they want to start their broadcast at three in the afternoon. That's what pisses me off this week is I can't watch people because of stupid ESPN and their contract. I don't want to watch Sports Center or ESPN First Take. I want to watch the Masters Golf Channel. They don't even have coverage. It's how, stupid. How is that? Po- I mean, how because of contract? You can't watch it anywhere. I, not even, I can watch well, Amen's yeah. Corner. But I want to watch everyone. Yeah, yeah I don't want to watch you, you Tiger Woods. Turn it to the Masters, and they'll have was it 11, 12, 11, 12 and thirteen. You watch groups go through Amen Corner. That's it. Uh-huh. I don't want that. I want everything. I wonder what the British Open does. British Open comes on TNT every day, and T- the British Open obviously is in Europe. Yeah, England, of course, British. If all you fans, if you don't understand mm-hmm. that, I don't know what to say to you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they, their rounds start here. The first group goes off at 4 a.m. They start their coverage for that tournament at 4 a.m. You can watch everyone play. They're the only tournament that does that. Every tournament should be like that. The Ryder Cup does that. The Ryder Cup started their crap at like noon. It would be stupid because you would miss like half the matches. Hmm. I don't know why the, ma- is the Masters is the biggest golf tournament. 
why can't you cover it 24, well, not 24 seven, but you know, from 7 a.m. to the final group, I think they finished at like 7 p.m. at night. Why can't I have that? That's all I want. What's so simple about that? There's nothing okay. wrong with that. Got an idea, Shipe. Why don't you uh, get some tickets to the Augusta and uh, go down there with your cell phone and live feed it to the Shipe Sports Talk Show? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I will be kicked off that course so quick, and I will be in jail. And the first person I call to bail me out for copyright will be you. And you do realize the wait list for that tournament is probably like five years, right? No, I understand that fully. Yes, it, it is frustrating that 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 we're not able to see, you know, kind of the full footage of. Oh, I'm not uh, frustrated. I'm not. I'm calm. I'm calm. <laughs> He's happy. Oh, uh, well, Guillermo said he pits. Of course, he pits two because that's what Guillermo always does. You have to pick one, Junior. He picked uh, Henley or Jordan if they don't hit the shit. Uh, Guillermo, you have to pick one, either Jordan or Henley, right in the chat, and then we'll put it on the air. Of course, if. No more fence talk. Say something. Yeah, Guillermo, you have to pick, pick one. I'll put it. I'll put it in the pick book. This is now called the pick book. That's our pick book. Yeah, made some little wagers there. Five dollar wagers. Sure. We can Tell do me what's happened, Guillermo, because you know more than us. Don't say, "Well, if they keep playing like this," he said, "They don't, don't hit the shit." What's gonna happen? I put in pick one. I'm waiting for him. He probably he probably turned off his computer once we called him out. <laughs> well, he's there's like a little bit of a delay. So what's I don't the, know. What's the weather actually gonna be like there in the next three days? I know it's gonna get cooler. Possibly supposed Any, to get. I think, Precipitation tomorrow, but I think the weekend's supposed to be all right. Nice, nice and back up for the weekend. While he's checking, what's an what's an ip? An ip? What do you mean an ip? Is that what you called it? I didn't say uh, ip. No, someone said. I think Coach said it that they were they're teeing off and they, they didn't find any ips or imps or ifs. Yips. A, a yips. Giddy, it's like a giddy up in your swing. Oh, okay. What is it, it called? Uh, it's a yip. Here I have I have the weather right here. It's, it's called a yip. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, it's okay. called a yips. Okay. Remember they talked about it most of the day with Tiger. His his yips were in his uh, wedge game. We have uh, okay Friday eighty eight with a chance of rain in the afternoon oh, or at night. At night it'll wet the course overnight. Eighty two on Saturday, eighty on Sunday. And okay. Then, well, the Friday night will help slow the greens down a little bit for Saturday. Think that's with the rain. Scoring. That's how people make charges. That's exactly it. Saturday or the, 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 charges, the ones that are there use it to their advantage, too, to could stay this, there. Could this not be perfect weather? Because on Monday, it's 81 with 90% chance of rain. So is that not just perfect that after everything's over with, it just downpours? Yeah. So Guillermo picks Jordan, you bastards, is what he says. All right, he picked Jordan Speed. you bastards. <laughs> You're a <laughs> bastard for not being here. Call after him going eight under today. <laughs> Yeah. What was your pick before he went eight under junior? Yeah. Oh yeah, before that, what were you thinking, Tiger Woods? Camo. <laughs> <laughs> he's. I know he's over there just listening, just so pissed off because he's down here defending himself. Because you know he just wants to type all this stuff and just. Are you at work? Going, Is he at work? He's probably just gotten getting home, probably like a little bit ago. Oh, okay. He just wouldn't be able to make it in the show on time. I see. But, but Paul, let me let me explain this to you. The yips is like when you have yeah, like Coach said, like a hiccup in your swing. Or like something unnatural that kind of you know causes like a jerky motion in your swing and it and it just it makes you hit bad shots. So the yips is not good. Like okay. You don't yips. It's it's nerves that cause you to get like hiccupy in your swing and jerky in your swing. Okay. And, and it causes you to to falter. Like if you get the yips, chances are you are going to start hitting some really funky shots. Okay. I had the yips once in high school. I was uh we were playing Rattlewood and it was one of our high school tournaments. And I was like one over going through eight holes. It was like the best round I've ever done in high school. I got the yips, of course, on number nine and shot a double par, which is five over. So I went from one, one, one over to five over one hole. I got the yips. And that par five is so easy. What happened was, you know the little houses, Brad, that are on the right-hand side of the fairway? I, I don't. Uh, on do Rattlewood. Rattlewood, number nine. No, they, they're not supposed to. Ah, uh, okay. So you stop that. <laughs> so I hit one over there, and I went to go play it on the dude's yard. Dude came running out the house. You yeah, can't dude, play on my bounds. yard. That's out of bounds. You can't hit that. You have to go re Well, now I know what to, what to blame all my all my rounds Don't on. Don't let well, my if, secret if you, out. If you listen to a couple of the announcers today, they were talking about Tiger. There was a couple tee shots where and they were explaining that if Tiger's head stays up level. His tee shots are, that's where he wants to be. There was a couple times when one of the announcers says, now watch, his head will lower, and then when they're in the replay, they go, that's what he wants to stay away from. Mm -hmm. Because they say it, 
it le- unlevels or takes your eyes off from being level. If, if you dip your head a little bit, then you're not keeping your balance there. And there were a couple holes on his tee shots that, you know, I, th- uh, I don't know which announcer was, said that, you know, here come, here's his little yip or his little giddy up because the head was lower then, at that point than it had been for the previous tee shots. Okay. Guillermo said his uh, Jason Day was his sleeper pitch. It's not a bad sleeper pick. Not a bad pick at all. Jason Day has a good showing at Augusta every year. That that's a solid pick. I mean, he said his uh, the yips is uh, Charles Barkley swing, well, a, a jer- jerky yeah. swing like J- Charles Barkley. That's funny. I, I'll show you a video of uh, after we're done of Charles Barkley swing. It'll make you uh, you'll look like everyone will look like a superstar of Charles Barkley. <laughs> this dude was in a charity tournament once and thought it'd be a good idea to hit one handed off the tee. That didn't work out so well, especially with fans on the fairways. Did he let the club go? The no, fun? he almost killed a couple fans. <laughs> Jeez. And those golf balls hurt. I've been hit twice. Once by coach and once by uh, some random guy. I hit somebody before. I got hit in my ass. I had a nice little well on my ass. <laughs> I hit Ro- that shot? Huh? I said, do you have any photos of that? Yeah, here you go. <laughs> oh, no. Well, the one that my coach hit me with, I decided to go ahead of him because I trusted him. They did a good swing. I mean, he, he's, you know, he did it normal. Sometimes you get the yips. Right in the back of my calf. If I had turned around, my shins probably would have been sh- shattered. Ouch. I hit Brad, Brad just looks like it's just painful to listen to. <laughs> oh, was, is, was that when we were playing up at Carroll Valley? Caught you behind? No, this was in Myrtle Beach. Oh. We were playing like two minutes. No, 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 no. No. That was in Ocean City. Ocean you were, City. You were in the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> you were in the way. What are you walking to the right knowing I hit over there for? He's coming out of the bushes. That's how, how hard it hit. It hit so hard that it hit the back of my calf, shot 50 yards to the right and out of bounds. He would have been on the green, but said he ended out of bounds instead. That probably left a welt. Oh, it hurt. I ran around on that course. Yeah, for did, like, did, I ran the rest of the day. Didn't do much for my score on that hole either. <laughs> Yo, that's a free drop, coach, in my opinion. Yeah, he did drop. That's inter- That's interference. <laughs> To to anyone out there who honestly will think that golf is a boring game, there's nothing to do. It's probably the it's the only sport where you can have fun with your friends, joke around, do whatever you want. The only sport where you could drink and still function properly while you're playing. Brad will agree with that. Yeah. Uh, depending on who you are. Yeah. As but long still, as you're not keeping score. It's the only sport where you could legally drink and not get in trouble by any official or anything. If you're John Daly or Michelob Maltby, then uh, then yeah, no, you can drink and start shooting sixties like it's nothing. And have John Gruden as your caddy. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. He went. He uh, he went in the tournament. There was a rain delay, and he came back out, and John Gruden was his caddy. Yeah, yeah. Just came right. <laughs> I think it was like the Hooters <laughs> Open or something. That's awesome. <laughs> but oh yeah, God. anyone, I do recommend people to try golf. It's a fun sport. It's a good way to relax. Just don't take it too seriously, or it will make you even more stressful than what your life probably already is. Brad, see me out there going a little, little, some pissed off mode sometimes. Oh, I think everyone's dealt with the, uh, yes. you know, the ups and downs that go along with golf. Uh, no matter what level you're on, you have certain expectations, and if you don't reach those expectations, it can become quite frustrating. And it's funny because it's like you'll be the one who gets pissed off. You throw your clubs, and you see someone else do. It. You can't help but just laugh because you're like, yeah, I know that feeling. Like Tiger, I mean, like he, you saw him today. He called himself a dumbass. He curses. He throws clubs. I mean, even the tour players do it. I mean. A couple of weeks ago, McElroy had a bad shot. Threw his three iron straight in the water. <laughs> Donald Trump went out and got it for him. <laughs> Did he really? It was at Trump's yeah. course. He sent his personal scuba diver to give it, and Trump handed it to him personally. <laughs> with his, yeah, they put so it in the I'm, clubhouse, didn't they? No, they gave it to him on the driving range. But I mean, it's I mean, even even the professional golfers, they'll curse, they'll throw shit. I mean, it's not just normal people like us. I mean, they do the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah sure. I mean, well, you don't. If you don't hit your expectations, like I said, I mean, the pros have a very high expectation, uh, but everyone has their own personal goals and expectations of themselves on the golf course. And if you don't, if you don't reach that level for whatever reason, whether it's the putter, whether it's your, you know, your, an iron shot you hit, a wedge shot you hit, or a driver you hit, if you're a little frustrated, you might toss the, you know, toss the club, uh, let let out a couple swears. Uh, you know, don't whatever. do it in high school because I tossed my club in high school and got suspended for a match. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was um, I was on the for some reason, Brad. You know Worthington Manor? Oh, that's that's a tough track. I can't shoot that on that. I can't shoot on that. Anytime I play that course, I'm guaranteed over hundred. I have never been able to shoot well. Even now, I'll probably still shoot over hundred. And I was from the final hole, and I had a it was like number nine. It was all this shit in front of the green, and I chipped it right in. 
piss off myself through the club, not thinking everyone's on the hill watching from number nine. I walk up and coach is like, you know, we have a match on Friday, right? Yeah. You ain't playing in it. He's like, you can go back to practice the following week. Oh, man. And then I had some player from Quince Orchard want to get me a stroke because I said, damn, after a shot. Oh, that's... So, well, so, the Rockville coach told him to mind his own business. So yeah, as, you, as you can hear, it may not be a fun afternoon playing with Matt because of the <laughs> vulgarity and... Yeah. You know, the, the stuff is stuff like, you know, like it's, that. It's, it's not, a risk. Yeah, it is a risk. <laughs> risk and reward. Brad has played with me. I've never been bad. Yeah. <laughs> but but seriously, one, one gentleman I was playing with a couple years back said that golf to an amateur is a sport that you love. Uh, you, you play it a lot. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. It's going to come up and bite you at some point in time. That, and it forces you. It's a sport that forces you to come back out and try to beat it the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it fun. It's frustrating because you can go out on like the front nine like us and shoot like a first nine over. And then we can end up shooting like an even or one over on the back, just have a great back nine. You just think to yourself, where the hell is this on the front? I think Neewood one day, I shot nine over on the front, and I shot even on the back, and I'm like, shit, I could have shot in the 70s, but of course, I screw up on the front nine. Golf, uh, golf's yeah. tricky like that. You know, you got to live with your mistakes, and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of time and, uh, and confidence to really, you know, really be able to pull yourself together and lower your scores. So, Guillermo said on the chat room, he said, I average 65 per round. I know I can shoot 60. And I, and I wrote back on nine holes, correct? Yeah, I was going to say, you going to play the back nine or not? <laughs> <laughs> That's just on the chipping green. <laughs> That's putt-putt. Yeah. You know, I can't play putt-putt for shit. Can't play putt Brad, how are you in putt-putt? Uh, I just try and bank it off whatever I can. I can get kind of <laughs> creative with putt-putt. I mean, you know, it's it's... You know, it's not necessarily like regular putting. You kind of just hit it and hope and, and try and have some fun with it. So, right. you know, putt-putt's all good fun. i tell you what, if you really want to know what golf isn't like on the course, or actually, you know what you know, so you know what describes a good country club? Go watch Caddyshack. That's how people, that's how we would play. So you'll see some wagers out there. People will do some crazy shit on the golf course. Go watch Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Except I've never met anyone with a, with a beer little dispenser on their golf bag or a stereo. I still have yet to see that. I have a friend who has a like a, it's a the shaft you can pour liquor into it, and then the, like the whole shaft it's like a fake club, and you can pour liquor all the way into it, and you can just kind of turn it over. Brad, why have we not found this yet? Uh, I've been trying to find one on eBay <laughs> shape, and I just I can't get the right price on it. <laughs> how, what, how much are they going for? I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> who has it? Uh, it was uh one of Ray's friends, I think. You gotta ask Ray where they got it from. Yeah. I want that. Mm-hmm. And and I what? And I think it might even have like a pump or something like that on the top so you could just like That's perfect for a bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. But I find there's a but the thing is is that when you're not when you're not like I know for me if I go to like like a fancy golf club or whatever it is, country club, country club or whatever, I it's a very intimidating to play. Like you, like you feel like you have to, you know, you just can't let loose and and play like you would maybe like at some of these smaller local like Needwood or something just like play that. Play how you want to play. Yeah. Just just look nice for the first two holes, and then once you're out of the range of the clubhouse, go ape shit. You gotta look. look Brand knows what I'm talking about. Just look nice in front of the clubhouse, and once you're out of there, do whatever the hell you want. So what's that like one and nine? No, one nine and ten. eighteen. One nine ten and eighteen. Yeah. The rest of it, go ape crazy. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's it's super intimidating. But what, you're laughing. Do you agree, Brad? Well, I mean, I try and adhere to most golf etiquette that I can. Uh, you know, it, it kind of just depends on on who's around, and uh, it's it's all very situational. You know, you want to be uh, be fair to other golfers who are there on the course, and and you want to respect the course as best you can. Uh, so so it, it's it, it's all very situational, and it it all depends. But you know, my friends and I, we like having a good time. We're Brad likes very, to bring play music while we're playing. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're very outgoing on the golf course, like having a little music playing and just kind of, you know, re- relaxing away to just kind of get outside, enjoy the weather, you know, play 18 holes of golf, maybe listen to a little music and enjoy a couple beverages. Uh, just, just don't blare it like Roger Dangerfield. Uh, <laughs> don't sure. blare it like that. 
but uh, you, you know, it, it's all just very situational. But I'll always, always respect you know others out there on the golf course and respect the golf course. Take care of the golf course. So, um, you know, so so like I said, it's all very situational. There's been some times where we've played some places in in the Marshalls. Is that what you call them? Yeah, the Marshalls. Some of them can be assholes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's the yeah, blue mash. They're assholes. Some like there's been some sometimes when they're just kind of like you know downright rude and like you guys are slow. It's like well yeah I mean. You know, in the past, I mean, now I'm a little bit better now to where we don't, we usually keep the time pretty well, but I mean, in the past, it's always they've just been like, you know, by the way, to all those people out there who on par fours are on the green and I hit a very good shot and somehow end up on the green and you want to take my ball or throw it somewhere F you, because you know what? You should say congratulations on a good shot. Not many people can reach a green on a par four. And if you want to penalize me and throw my ball somewhere, I hate you. Why would they do that? Because they're assholes. They think, Oh, well you shouldn't hit us on the green. I'm sorry. I had a good shot and I got it on the green. It's not my fault. I got a hold of one. Come on, Brad. Come on. You have to agree with that. Come on. I mean, like sometimes you just get a hold of one. You can't control if you're on the green and one. I've never had a hole in one. So I don't not a hole in one. I said on the green and one on a par four. Oh, got a hold of one. Gotcha. Hold of one. Yeah, no, I've uh like will you get pissed off if you're on the par four in a green and someone reached it in one? I mean, I wouldn't get pissed. I'd tell them good job. Well, see, but there's there's different mentalities that go into some, you know, different golfers. For uh for some golfers they they respect, you know, what it took to to pull that shot off and other golfers feel disrespected. It's you know, I had I wish there was like a strict like, you know, guidelines for, for your attitude on the golf course and you know, and for how you react to things, but, but there really, there really isn't. And so it kind of just depends on that person's personality, you know, how bad they've been playing that day. It's just, you know, put on a smile, people, you're out there playing golf, put on a smile. And, uh, you know, it, for the most part, your life really isn't at risk. Uh, so, so for me, I would rather applaud that person for that shot than feel threatened. I've literally watched someone. I made the par four and one. I've literally watched someone. I saw where my ball landed. I'm looking at them. They've literally hit my ball back. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? I'm like, come on. I have seen stuff like that happen. Uh, Or they buried it on the ground or run their golf cart over it. Possibly. But, you know, this all just ties back into, you know, being being respectful to to people, you know, people as well on the course. If it's, you know, if you're hitting a shot where – where you can, you know, definitely reach the green. Then Par, the number one in Laytonsville. Yeah, number one Laytonsville is is touchable. Also, for for those of you who don't know, it's a it's a par four that you know if you hit a if you hit a decent shot, it it is touchable. Now one. number nine is one where if they're on the green, you can hit it. And sometimes you get a hole one number nine says downhill, it can roll up on the green. I mean, you have to hit a very good long shot. But number nine in Laytonsville is one where you don't think you're going to reach it, but if you get a hold of one, it can roll right on. Sure, you're not going to harm anyone uh, on number nine because it's hard to fly it, you know, 300 plus yards. But but some people still don't like if it rolls. For on. some people, and, and I get that. Um, and and those are the people where you just you know you, you say okay, you know, that's that that's your attitude and your feeling toward it. Uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm gonna choose to to be the better person and and you know whatever the case may be. I but. think the best whole example to where if you hit someone by asking is probably the whole at a uh, kneewood where it's a straight dog lay right, you can't see over the trees because you don't know if they're still on the green or not. If you get a hole in one, you can actually put it on that green. And you go down there, and they start yelling. It's like, well, I can't see around the turn. How am I supposed to know I'm going to hit it over you? That's, I think that's one of the hole where you can make an example out of it where you don't know for sure if someone's on or not. Sure, you're talking about 13. Yeah, uh, where it's like a straight downhill and does a straight dog lay right to where if you can knock it over that tree or hit a good you know, fade or draw, it's going to get on that green. See, I think that's where more likely people would be more understanding for... Not some people in this area. Well, sure. But, like, number one, in Laytonsville, you can blatantly see there's people standing on the green, and you're assuming the risk of hitting that tee shot. Uh, you know, whether or not it is a great shot, don't get me wrong. You know, you, you want to try and speed up play, and the odds of hitting a par 4-1 and one are extremely slim. Uh, but, you know, if, if you think you have the possibility of, uh, you know, possibly harming someone or, or offending someone, you know, you, you should err on, on the safety side and, uh, and, and, and make sure that, that you don't start conflict, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I think that's all the time we have for today. You know, we got our little, got some golf talk in, like I said, people, if you don't, if you don't like it, you never tried it, go out, go to a driving range, do something, just try it. It's, it's a fun sport to play. You know, I started, you know, a little bit later, you know, around 13, 14. I wish I started earlier. Um, you know, my dad's always playing. My dad's one of the ones who I think believe got anger issues where he threw his entire bag in a creek. 
<laughs> no, don't even lie. I can get someone on for that. Oh, yeah, that, that was down in Sligo. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was cold. It was 30 degrees that day, and I just thought that the lake was frozen over. Evidently, it wasn't. <laughs> and the bag broke through, apparently. But yeah, but, but golf is like also a fun time where you can actually, you know, you can hang out with the guys. You hang out. Like, I hang out with my fiance in the golf course. I got her to play, and it's fun to do, you know, if you're a significant other, if they enjoy it. Uh, you know, great place to have fun. You can play different kind of games on the golf course. There's a whole bunch of games you can play while playing. Um, you know, I mean, there's drinking games you can even play if that's your cup of tea. But um, next week on the show, we're going to go over the... Actually, before I talk about next week, I'm going to let Paul do his special at the end of every show before I get going. So, Paul, go ahead before I forget. Oh, right on. So, www dot shitesportstalk.com you can't you can't mess me up anymore <laughs> it's down it's ingrained in my brain uh what was i saying just kidding <laughs> uh, check out the website you can pick up all the podcast episodes there links to stitcher and itunes give us a rating and some comments that would help out tremendously uh next week's show is going to be at seven o'clock again right yes yes um Let's see what else. Email stripesportstalk at gmail.com. Send us your questions, Facebook. comments. Facebook, and Twitter. In Facebook, right. Uh, on the Facebooks and the Twitters, Shipe Sports Talk. Um, so at Shipe Sports Talk and Facebook forward slash Shipe Sports Talk. Uh, give us posts on Facebook posts and uh, we'll make sure that we address them live on air. Instagram. And I have an Instagram. Shipe Sports Talk. Instagram site sports talks for all the pictures that you don't ever see. <laughs> uh, also, I want everyone to take a moment to please listen to Crazy Talk. It's my uncle's podcast with him and his crazy buddies. That's Crazy Talk with a K. So give that a lick, like, listen to it, please, on Stitcher and iTunes. Right on. All those old guys will greatly appreciate it. There's three <laughs> old guys and one really old guy on that show. So please listen to that. Uh, so for next week, we'll obviously go over the whole Masters tournament. We'll see if Brad will be apologizing to me next week. So stay tuned for that. We'll also go over the MLB season. We didn't get to that tonight, but we, you know we got so so up to a golf. We can't really get away from him. He's the Masters. I mean, come on, people's Masters week. So we'll go over the MLB season. Hopefully, the Nationals had turned things around by then. Um, we'll go. We'll start talking NBA and NHL playoffs. I think Paul has a couple friends. Maybe we can get on the show to talk some NHL. Yes. Maybe yes. Because yes, yes, yes. I know I'm gonna admit I'm not. I'm a little rusty on NHL. I know Alexander Ovechkin and Batram, and that's it. Holby maybe. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'll go ahead and make the, that little thing. Holpe, the goaltender for the Capitals, they played the Bruins three times. They should have beat the Bruins three times. He didn't allow a single goal against that team all year. 82 saves. Yeah. That's hard. 82 saves, no goals allowed against one team. So congrats to him. And also last night was a very rare occasion. The last time this happened was in April of 2013. All three D.C. area teams won. The Capitals, the Wizards... And the Nationals all won in one single night last week. Last nice. week, last night. I'm sorry. So first time it's happened since April 2013. All right. So hopefully that happens more often. I know everyone else here will love it. So for myself, Matthew Scheib, for Brad, for Paul, for the coach, thank you for listening, everyone. Please tune in next week. And you can find us, like Paul said, on Stitchers and iTunes. So give us a listen and rate. So have a good night, everyone. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the Masters. 